Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. Well, welcome to the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bullhigan. And I'm Berg. Welcome to the show. We seem a little subdued. This is a morning edition of our recording, so we're doing this before our normal workday. And so if you notice a little lack of energy today... <laughs> Yep, we're just waiting for the sun to rise. Oh, wait, there it is. If, so. if we didn't, we're not as quick, as bright, not as jovial, it's because we're not morning people. I don't know about you, Berg. I'm not necessarily a morning person. I do pretty well with mornings. Okay. But, you know, I don't know if I'm an anything person. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I, a morning person. I'm not the a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh,. With that note, a vicar brought our beverage today. Ooh. This is getting to be a thing where he's kind of the... Uh... He's pretty excited about this. This is what we'll be having. He's got uh, a package of a coffee entitled Burly Man Coffee. Oh, boy. And you should see this Stanley mug. It's, ama- uh, it's amazing that he's bringing holy buckets. Wow. I don't know vicar's made that much. Is that a special kind of mug I'm supposed to know about, Stanley? <laughs> I don't know anything about Stanley mugs. What am I missing? It's just a nice mug. Okay. I've been told I have a nice mug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a, a Burly Man coffee here. How did you brew this this coffee, Vicar? In a coffee pot. Okay. I thought maybe with Burly Man Coffee, you do it in a, a campfire. Like I ground the beans with a hammer. I just went out and smashed them over and over <laughs> and over and then screamed at them. All right. But we also have sugar. Oh, boy. <laughs> half and half. And in case the coffee's a little too burly for you, S'mores Limited Edition International Delight Creamer. Holy oh buckets. yeah! Wow. And is that not the most awesome swizzle stick you've ever seen from the 1970s? It is. Um, it's very psychedelic. <laughs> All right. So just Vic- a, just Vicar came prepared. Yeah. I'm not sure he made the show better, but what is this? Works of mercy. You can check that. <laughs> you can check that box off now. I think uh, Burly Man Coffee Company is going to say pretty soon. Hey, can you not use that on the show? <laughs> <laughs> with your s'mores creamer. <laughs> That's not why we made this coffee. So what makes it burly here? Um, the guy in it has a beard? Is that? I mean, that sounds good. It's a, uh, no, every, the uh, proceeds from every cup of delicious world-class Burly Man coffee you drink supports a struggling single moms or families in America. Well, so. It's, mm, it's even ethical coffee. It's ethical. Nice. There you go. You know what, it, Vicar? It tastes like coffee. <laughs> All right. Well, well done. <laughs> so, uh, Berg, did you need any creamer or anything? That's all right. I, I like my coffee black and bitter, like my soul. <laughs> all right. I'll take a little bit of the half and half, just for temperature's sake. All right. So, what are you're not? Are you? <laughs> Are you, Sorry. <laughs> are you preaching this week? or Vickers preaching. Vickers preaching this week. He oh, is uh, boy. The, preaching on the rich man and Lazarus. Nice. So, so Vicar, give us a rundown on where this is, why this is, how this is, when this is. Right. So you've got the rich man and you've got Lazarus. The rich man has all these wonderful things. You know, he's blessed materially. He's uh, got friends. He's got family. He's even, uh, you know, a flesh and blood descendant of Abraham. And so he thinks he's got it made. And he's, he's trusting in all this stuff. And in trusting in all this, this stuff, these worldly things, he forgets to actually trust in the one who gave him all these things, who gave him the promise. In contrast, you've got Lazarus, who's got nothing um, and can only then trust in the promises given to him. And then when they both die and, and go to heaven, you know, he goes up and, and he's with Abraham. And the Old Testament lesson um, gives us, you know, Abraham and his justification simply believing in the promises. 
that he was promised to have a great land and many descendants, and through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And and at the time he's given the promises, all he he's a wonder uh, a homeless wanderer who doesn't have any kids, and really the only nation he's affected is the curses he's brought down on Egypt for sinfully giving his wife to Pharaoh. Um, so in spite of his sinfulness, right, he's um, the Lord is still promised all this to him and he still believes in these promises and that is uh, what the Lord credits uh, to him as righteousness. So it's the promises of the Lord and his word that we have assurance in. Is that what you're preaching on, Berg? Um, With some improvements. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the I, I always think it's interesting because this passage, what is it, Luke 19? Uh, 16. 16. Luke 16. Luke 16 uh, takes place you have two very interesting parables. You have the parable of the uh, shrewd servant, which comes later. And mm-hmm. after that, you have the Pharisees who are lovers of money deriding Jesus. Um, and so I'm. it's interesting how the Mosaic law, which the, the Pharisees really you know, stand by, is then uh, actually the source of their condemnation. Because what does the Mosaic law say? Right? It's not only for the promises for a future life, but also it gives us uh, what God expects from the rich and from mm-hmm. the poor in this life. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are plenty of opportunities to talk about a right use of money, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I think, very important in our society today. Luke deals a lot with wealth, uh, and that's not something we should shy away from. And, and I think, too, uh, you might say that... Uh, the rich man in the parable, uh, his uh, lavish lifestyle gave him a false sense of security. You know, his utter shock when when uh, he is not uh, by Abraham's side, you know, right, wanting to tell his brothers about it, show that he it took him by surprise. Yeah, it, you know, we, we usually have this notion that, well, rich people are blessed by God and poor people aren't. And that's not the way the scriptures talk at all. Mm-hmm. Now, from our perspective, uh, the poor is hated by everybody, and the rich have many friends. That's what Proverbs says. And it's true from a, from an earthly perspective. Nobody really wants to hang out with the poor guy, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, what, is, what does the scripture say about uh, the one who oppresses the poor or the one who mocks the poor? Uh, he actually reproaches his maker. And that is part of the reason uh, why the why the rich man is in hell, right? Because uh, he heard these promises, he heard these commands, uh, and he simply out of he just simply ignored uh, his neighbor who sits at his gates, right? And uh, that comes that flows from a lack of faith. And and I, and and that's one thing big shift we've seen what in the last hundred years or so in our own country where. Whose responsibility was it to, to make sure that the poor were taken care of originally? The church. It was the church. Right. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> we just allow the government to do it. Yeah, as I, if that somehow absolves us of our responsibilities. And the text doesn't say one way or another that the rich man didn't tithe. In fact, you remember the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, right? Mm-hmm. That the Pharisee tithes, he gives 10%, right? Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I'm sure that the uh, the rich man did the same, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't flow from a heart of faith, and he neglected the one whom God had put in his path. I mean, like literally right in front of him. Like he actually had to step around him when he left his door. Yeah. So this should show us too that um, when we love our neighbor, it actually has to be our neighbor, right? Someone that we, whom God has put in front of us. I need a more drink of coffee. <laughs> All right. So um, we have a. <laughs> so who is this show going out to today? Well, we want to give our honor to morning people. <laughs> Dedicating to morning people all around the world who are bright eyed and bushy tailed in the morning. <laughs> and. This room wishes that we could be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, uh, Peter, you have some interesting statistics. Statistics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish my thought, Berg, please. Uh, we have some interesting statistics that Peter, uh, our all-around guru, 
techno mage guy has for us. So, Peter, uh, where where are our listeners from? Well, as most of us probably wouldn't be shocked to hear, uh, 34% of our listeners are in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but our second place is, interestingly enough, Florida with a wow. 14%. Oh, the Sunshine State. A lot of people. Well, where, where people get up early. That's See, right. This show is for you. They're probably, I imagine they're listening on the beach, you know, <laughs> maybe preparing for the convention in Tampa. I want to say yes. <laughs> All right. So so we got Florida, Iowa. Where else? So up next is uh, Minnesota with a 7%, which, okay. is, again, I think is no surprise. But then uh, a stark contrast from Florida, we have Washington State. Wow. Nice. With a 6%. So we are all over the map here. Holy buckets. And, and we have a presence in, how, in, in what other states? We have a presence in all the states. All 50? Yes, sir. Seriously? Like, even Alaska and Hawaii? Okay, maybe not all 50. But we have, we have two downloads in Alaska. Wow. Let's see. Where's Hawaii? Oh, I think Hawaii is, is too low. It might have one. All the other okay. states get get looped into others if they're, if they're too low, but we do have we do have downloads in Alaska. Wow, that's awesome! But you know, most of our audience: Iowa, Florida, Minnesota, Washington, and Illinois. So, if you know someone in uh, other states, uh, give them a let them know about the. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wonderful listeners from far and wide. I think what my colleague here is trying to say is you can throw clerical errors parties where you guys can even get together and partake of uh, particular beverages. That's a great idea. You are a morning person. <laughs> or you can spread the word. Be be our little missionaries. I have an idea here. This is this is a this is an idea I'm getting from a different uh, podcast actually. Um, one thing we, we could do is if, if somebody, if we get a, an email that says, you know, this group of people are getting together to li- have a listening party, maybe we can record a, a special little, uh, greeting for, our, for these parties. Oh, okay. That's a great That's idea. That's a great idea. So if you're going to have a listening po- party to the Clerical Heirs podcast, my burly man, my burly man coffee starting to kick in. I'm feeling it now. <laughs> if you're going to have a listening party. Let us know. Send us an email, and we will send you a special message. And we will not record it early in the morning. <laughs> All right. Why don't we go to the top ten list before I fall asleep? Twelve. Oh. Top twelve list. Top twelve list. On your morning drive time. <laughs> My top twelve list. And uh, I've been told that I don't always always get through them. So uh, hopefully I'll give you all 12. We don't want to cheat our customers here. Like Peter, play the intro? Yeah, why don't you do that? Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. So uh, my list I wrote this morning, so you can tell. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. This is going to be epic. <laughs> okay. Um, so these are the top 12 ideas to uh continue the the purpose-driven life very timely <laughs> and yes we're always about 20 years behind the behind the ball that's right we're like contemporary music at a lutheran it's, church it's like uh <laughs> it's it's like the uh internet uh explorer browser right <laughs> That's right, and and after this, I if you have any, I will have suggestions on how to fix your Commodore computer. All right, number twelve. Uh, this is on, in honor of my son who is in driver's training. Maybe he could have uh, a book f- for that, entitled "The Purpose Driven Driver." Hmm, interesting. Well, you know, pretty soon we won't even need drivers because they'll all be self-automated. So yeah, it'll be awesome. Which I know self-automated is probably like. Really, um, oh, what's the darn word? Um, redundant. That. Thank you, Vicar. So, okay. Well, like, not necessarily a funny one, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Number eleven, the purpose-driven second and third responders. <laughs> nice shout out. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. They are pretty purpose-driven. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and they'll get there eventually. <laughs> All right, um, number ten. This is uh, this is would be a picture book. I think would be very entertaining. The the porpoise swimming slider. <laughs> Just a, a picture. <laughs> it's a like an, a pictures of porpoises enjoying a water park. <laughs> that would be hilarious. When, I think that would be a big seller. <laughs> Hey, hey, uh, hey, Vicar! What does a porpoise sound like? <laughs> uh, Make a porpoise noise. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All right, Peter, find us some audio about from a real porpoise, please. Yeah, do comparison. Do comparison. <laughs> I want to hear comparison. What Vickers? Okay, here's a porpoise. <laughs> All right, now Vicar. <laughs> All right. Now here's a here's a dolphin. All right. All right. And now now Vicar make a dolphin noise. <laughs> oh boy. Um, pick out an animal. This is fun. <laughs> um. <laughs> Let's see a platypus. Uh, they make noise. <laughs> all right, all right. A platypus. I'll uh, parry uh, the platypus. Okay, parry the platypus. Hi, kids. I'm Perry the platypus. Actually, he doesn't talk, Vicar. Come on. <laughs> you have kids, right? <laughs> yeah, you have kids. I, mean, I do. They don't watch Perry the platypus. Whatever that is. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, that I was kind do, of a tricky one. Yeah. Why well, don't do one more? Koala bear. Vicar, what does a koala bear sound like? <laughs> you guys are evil. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. Come on. You got to make a noise. We got to compare. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, I like where so, this led. Honestly, that one was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're going to have some fun at editing, Peter. Enjoying God's creation while still making fun of Vicar. It's amazing. <laughs> Number nine. The triggered driven life. Ooh, that one's good for millennials. I know. Imagine all the warning labels on it. <laughs> I mean, if you are super woke, you know. <laughs> Things trigger you all the time. You know, I have these uh, caffeine pills at home that make me laugh every time I see it because it's the Walmart brand of caffeine pills. And it and the, the name of the, 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 the capsules, it says, stay awake is the name of it. <laughs> so every time I take it, I'm like, yeah, I'm staying awake. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be I feel, I feel more I feel more socially <laughs> conscious when I take it. <laughs> uh. All right. Number eight. The purpose-driven lie. This is a guide to education in America. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Throwing out the hand grenades early in the morning. Respect. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. This is because you took your awake pills, and now you know you're super woke. That's right. And uh, um, and by the way, if, if uh, Taylor Swift is listening, I want her to know that I have all my teeth. Just so you know. <laughs> Good um, reference. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you don't understand that reference, uh, we'll 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 talk about it maybe at a future podcast. Okay, but I just want people to know that that with Vicar's help, I can I can spell, and and I have all my teeth. Well, most of them. Number seven, the rainbow driven agenda. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing that on my computer a lot lately uh, on the on the little screens that uh, Microsoft sends for like Windows eight. Uh huh. And there's been a lot of pride nonsense so we need to reclaim the rainbow indeed you know i i'm just really surprised that you know a big company like that would celebrate the noahic covenant yeah i mean you know yeah i mean it really touches my heart (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it reminds us that uh god promised not to to flood the whole world again with water yeah but he's got a lot of other options though (laughs) this time he's just gonna burn it all down (laughs) <laughs> All right. On that happy note, number six, the purpose-driven death. A uh, 
a book about Planned Parenthood. <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that. I was like, uh, I, I was like, okay, you know, this could be like a memento mori, you know, people preparing for death, you know, Christians prepare for death. Right. And then it went Planned Parenthood. Well, womp, well yeah, if you have better idea, your, yours might be better. No, mine aren't better, but... Dear listeners, yours might be better. So where can they get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us at Twitter at Clerical Errors P for podcast. And you can add us there, bro. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Clerical Errors Podcast. You can email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org or at theologyboosters at clericalerrors.org or uh, burlycoffee at clericalerrors.org. Nice. If you, you, what do you, this is what you could do. You can type in, this will work. You can type in your best sound of a porpoise using whatever letters you want, then at clericalheirs.org. And, and we'll get it. We'll get it. Please don't flood my inbox with just <laughs> Please random gibberish. flood Peter's <laughs> inbox. <laughs> Come on, people. Uh, all of you from Florida, you guys, I'm, I'm sure you guys know uh, what sea creatures sound like. So please flood uh, <laughs> Peter's inbox. All right. Boy, we are really getting to the hard-hitting theology today, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number five. The plastic straw driven life to extinction. <laughs> nice. Boy, you're really on all the like hot topic, oh, yeah. you know, agendas here today. I like it. So do you do you smuggle like plastic straws into California? You're like, hey kids, want to buy a straw? Yeah, th- that would be interesting. I think it's strange that in California you can buy marijuana before you can buy a straw. Yeah, it's a little strange. Number four, the whatever and meandering existence, <laughs> a guide to cell phone use. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> Number three. The purpose-driven vicar. It'd be a manual on how to train fine young men. That would that would be a really good book, actually. So you have enough experience. Yeah, I've got a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. A lot of stories I can't really tell. A lot of hilarious stories that just kind of rattle in my head, and every once in a while my family wonders, why is he laughing? <laughs> oh, it's just a vicar thing. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. This one I kind of like, since I've, I've been trying to keep modern and everything, you know. So this is uh, the Purpose Driven uh, Global Warming Edition. So what this book is, is if if you really want to enhance global warming, this guide. <laughs> this guide is for you. Right. How to most effectively burn styrofoam. And tires. <laughs> How to fly all over the world and go to... Uh, uh, climate change conferences and present how the world is uh, heating up, like right. uh, Al Gore in, in your private jet <laughs> or the Pope. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's that's number two. Not necessarily funny, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe when we wait, actually wake up, we'll listen to it and say, "Hey, that was actually no." All right, and number one. The number one. You ready for this one? This is a huge one. All right. The number one alternative to the purpose-driven life expansion, the Clerical Ears podcast. <laughs> yes. That was a pretty big build-up to that. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they were good. I, you know, I think I think it tells, you know, it's funny because you can be just as depressed as me. <laughs> yes, that's what happens. You know, we've been doing this long enough to know to that uh, that uh, sometimes my uh, my spark of happiness rubs, and... And rubs off on you, and then sometimes your cold, dark heart. <laughs> I prefer the place where my heart should be. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys have uh, um, additions. To uh, what would you like to see uh, a purpose-driven blank? And if you, you have know. any ideas of what kind of top 12 list you would like to see, fire away too. Right. You know where to reach us. All right. All right. So this brings us to Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies. Peter, play the intro. 
Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies is the part of the show where Berg seeks to sell you ancient damn delusions by repackaging them for modern consumption. In short, Berg makes bad stuff sound bodacious. Alright, so my bodacious blasphemy for today is Novatianism. Okay? Alright. The Novatians uh, were a group of Christians, really rigorous Christians, uh, about 1800 years ago. And they would not absolve those people who had fallen after baptism, uh, though they had returned to repentance. So during this time, there's a lot of persecutions going on. Uh, Christians are uh, forsaking the faith. They are sacrificing to pagan gods, or they are forging certificates that they did sacrifice to pagan gods. And then the question is, is, well, what do you do with these people when they want to come back to the church after the persecution is done? Mm-hmm. And the Novations had uh, a very stern answer, which was, uh, don't let them back in. So, wow. um, so here we go. Are you a one-and-done Christian? Do you think that the church universal has become too lax and corrupt? Do you believe that heaven's gate is closed to those who fall after their baptism? The Novationism just might be for you. Novatian held that lapsed Christians who had not maintained their confession of faith under persecution may not be received again into communion with the church. His followers extended this doctrine to include all mortal sins, that is, idolatry, murder, and adultery, or fornication. Most of them forbade second marriage. It doesn't matter that Jesus went to go seek the one lost sheep while he still had the 99. It doesn't matter that St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, To the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. It doesn't matter that the prodigal son was welcomed back to his father's house without any penance. We just have to be pure, right? And not eat with sinners and tax collectors as Jesus did. And not forgive the sins of the fallen, which would include all of the apostles who denied and fled from Christ. On second thought, listen to the words of Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. No one is pure, no one is good, save God alone. And his Son, though sinless, took on our every sin, so that we might be declared pure by faith. May God save us from Puritans and from those who would keep the universal gospel from those who need it the most. All right. I like that one again. You Bring it strong every time. You make my uh, top 12 list look pretty sad. That's just because it's morning. <laughs> um. You know what? When I think of, of that, the Novations, right? I'm pronouncing that right? Yep. Okay. Um, the way I see that is I see people, what I would call self-imposed Novations. Okay. Go on. Meaning uh, meaning they uh, something happens, either they stop coming to church, maybe they've done something, and then and then that, well, that keeps them from going back to church as though they they want to but they think well that's just not me anymore or um an, exa- an example of this from myself is is when i was a kid uh, i had a we had a small town library mm-hmm. and uh i had a a book and i had like a dollar 50 fine that i didn't pay right and so rather than just paying the dollar 50 fine and using the library guess what i did you never went back. I just never went back to the library. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times people might, for some reason, find themselves estranged from the church, and it's very hard for them to, to get back into it. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. The self-imposed novations are, are pretty, you know, uh, believing things like, well, God could never forgive what I did. And you do find people out there who are afflicted in their consciences that way. Uh, on the other hand, in this day and age too, you find people who they want to remain pure. They want to do what God says. But there's always a temptation there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's always a temptation to focus so much on holiness of living uh, that we forget that uh, no one is pure and no one is good and that we live by God's grace. Um and so novationism is always a temptation, especially for pious, earnest Christians, uh, and where your group continues to get smaller mm-hmm. and smaller and smaller until finally you're not really in fellowship with anybody. And, and so, so 
So I want to encourage, because we, we don't know exactly who all our listeners are. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, I would like to maybe start getting back to church, but for whatever reason you needed a nudge, you know, right? You know, to use this as an opportunity to uh, say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see my pastor. Mm-hmm. Remember, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His, his blood covers all of our sins, and uh, this forgiveness is for you. And, and or to say, you know what, I'm, I am going to, on Sunday morning, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to, to church. Just, just because it's always that first step to get back into it that is always the hardest. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're encouraging you. Or if you know someone who's in that, that situation, to say, hey, want, can I pick you up? You know, what, right. what are some ways that I can encourage you? Because I do see this a lot, what I would call, uh, based on from what your description is, self-imposed novationism, where I was, a, you know, I went to Sunday school, I was confirmed, but, you know, I've kind of lapsed or I've done something that would, I think, makes me not a Christian anymore. And uh, the door is always open. And uh, the, the best time to do that is is now because you can put it off and put it off and put it off. But uh, why don't you use this podcast, if you're in that situation, to say, you know what, I- I'm going to go back to church. What do you think, Vic, or Pastor? It sounds amazing. All right. That brings us to... Our uh, attentionally something or other Bible study. <laughs> Concentrationally impaired Bible study. Peter, play the intro. Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the Impaired Concentration Bible Study. One verse, one verse only. Okay, verse 14. You should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped, nor should you have delivered up those among them who remained in the days of distress. All right. So, once again, fifth commandment stuff, right? That... uh, um, you by not helping you hurt by uh, not supporting them you actually murder them, right? That uh, and here Edom actually is uh, is intentionally harming uh, God's people by uh, standing at the crossroads looking for those who are escaped, th- those who have escaped, and those who uh, who remained are delivered up, um, are sold into slavery and into captivity. In the day of distress, um, both those things are condemned by the Lord God, and uh, is one of the reasons why um, Edom is going to suffer such a terrible punishment, because they uh, have despised their brothers, and their hatred then manifests itself in the works of uh, stopping those who are trying to escape and by delivering up those who remained. Um, so slavery and um, not allowing them to escape. Okay. So. Well, it's kind of like uh, the third the third time we're kind of dealing with this topic, so. Yeah, I know. The, sorry, sorry. It started, sorry it'll, it'll pick up in a few weeks. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, and it's important because we can then relate this to our text for Sunday, right? The mm-hmm. rich man and Lazarus, that faith manifests itself in works and false faith or no faith also manifests itself in works. And salvation, salvation by grace alone manifests, 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 manifests itself as works of love. Right. Uh, Edom doesn't love their brothers, which is why they are condemned. Uh, faith without works is dead, as James says, and that's true. Right. And 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 works to earn God God's favor is also can can lead to selfishness. Right. Um, so so going back to the rich man Lazarus. He probably thought he had fulfilled God's command to love. Right. With his 10% to the church and, you know, everything like that. Um, But that's the thing. Who does God command us to love? Our neighbor. And our neighbor is the one who is closest to us, right? Mm -hmm. He's the one God puts in our path. Uh, And so that's why charity, which also means love, uh, can't be... um, you can't apply it to like this faceless humanity. Mm-hmm. My neighbor is the one whom I see, the one whom I know, the one who uh, I interact with. 
and and to Peter kind of shows this when he asks Jesus, "How many times should I forgive my brother?" Seven times, and and what that does is it puts a limit. If it, if you're looking to earn God's favor, you're to say, "Okay, seven times." Well, then I've done my duty. I can stop forgiving now. And if it's works righteousness and and love, you could say, "Oh, I've loved enough. I've I've fulfilled this duty." Right. See, rather I'm... than actually loving because people need that love. Right. All right. Very good. That brings us to news that bothers Berg. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. The story given to us by a producer is a real pastor holds church in virtual reality and baptizes an anime girl. So, the games reach an incredibly diverse set of people across national, linguistic, and social barriers. It goes for religion. Uh, and so, one Christian pastor now holds church in VR, VR, VR chat. And that even includes baptisms, no matter how ridiculous a person's avatar. Oh, Yeah. It's interesting because uh, it just it hurts so badly. But it... Uh, it's interesting because it's like uh, the the perfect terrible fusion of Gnosticism and uh, and Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. Because we believe that Christianity uh, is based on the word, right? The church is a mouth house and not a pen house, right? Um, but at the same time, it's like people in our culture want to pick and choose, right? So it it uh, uh, can go to many various people and then you baptize them at, for their avatars, right? And it's like baptism doesn't work that way. Because bap- isn't an avatar someone that, a projection of you that you can control more? Right. And that, and like he said, no matter how ridiculous the avatar is, as if that's their true self, right? Right. This is the same problem that we have like with the j- transgender and all this kind of stuff or even with some of the very severe and radical body modifications mm-hmm. where people believe that their flesh uh, is the canvas and uh, they can, um, they're the artist. They can do whatever they want with this flesh. Well, no, it's the same way with the, this avatar is that you can't choose who you want to be. God has made you. God has made you as you are. Um, and thanks be to God for that. And so... Yeah, there's so many things wrong with this. Like, how do you even, where do you even start? Like, baptism isn't virtual. Like, you need water. Mm-hmm. Uh, a congregation should actually uh, convene, right? Come together, right? right? That's what a congregation is. Um, the great thing about doing it in virtual reality is you never have, act, you never actually have to see these people. Right. <laughs> in the With all our ways that we communicate, we are becoming such a more um, lonely society. Right. That uh, this is another way that you can go to have your church experience on your terms and be whoever you want to be. I mean, I think, that being said, I think everyone who comes to church, we all kind of come as our own avatars. We we, we come as the in people a, we want to present, you know. In a, in a sense, yeah. But if you're in a congregation for 50 years. They know who you are. They, yeah. I mean, you know, eventually that mask breaks down. Um that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people go to mega churches, because you can still go and hear the word, and then just kind of hide around in the background, right? But then you never actually have to know anybody, um, and that you know the church is a gift. The church yeah. is a gift given by God um, that we have brothers and sisters who can, and we can carry one another's burdens, and you can only do that if you well goes back to our text, right? Rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. That you know you actually have to know those people the people who God puts in front of you uh, in order to help them carry those burdens. Yeah. So, so yeah, at, well, and then this pastor too, it's like, ugh. Like, yeah, who has a call to the inter- interwebs? Nobody. Nobody. Right? Um, we use the, well, I mean, because we use the internet too, right, to reach out to you listeners and stuff. But what we do is not a substitute for church. Right. Um. We've never viewed it that way, and we hope that it's never used in that way because we're here to encourage you to go to church, to join a local congregation. Or if you live in an area where you don't have a local congregation, uh, start one, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, that that's the whole point here is we want you to 
be with flesh and blood people. And yeah, they're sinners, right? And so are you. And uh, that's the thing, too, is on on Sunday mornings, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. Mm -hmm. You know, part of it is taking off the mask and showing who we really are as poor, miserable sinners who need forgiveness. Yeah, because if you are not a sinner, then Jesus isn't your Savior. Jesus didn't come to... Uh, the physician don't need, uh, or the the the, uh, the the healthy don't need a physician. It's the sick that need a physician, right? Jesus didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So, um, yeah, don't do virtual reality church, please. Uh, join a local congregation, and it's hard because they see you in ways that you don't want to be seen, and you can't cover up all your warts, whether they be figurative words or, I don't know, literal words. So, And that brings us to our Confound the Clerics. Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Confound the Clerics. So, Jeff, uh, a listener that we answered a question last time, has a second question for us. And it is this. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ or living under the controlling influence of Christ? How do we balance this properly with the understanding that we are all sinners, as well as the fact that Jesus died for us on the cross. How should we understand Romans 6 as it relates to how we live as Christians? Okay. So let's start with the first part of this question. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ or living under the controlling influence of Christ? Well, the I can say I don't really use that phrase very often, living under the controlling influence of Christ. Do you? I never use that language. Um that one I yeah that one I do not like at all um what does that even mean um I I prefer the language of all those who and because it's biblical uh, all those who are led by the spirit do the things of the spirit right mm-hmm. all those who are in the spirit are led by the spirit um talk about the fruits of the spirit um uh the controlling influence as if I don't know it just it takes away living under the controlling influence at least suggests to me that, um, that, that God is kind of playing you like a puppet. Or he's kind of like, uh, your controlling mother. (laughs) Right. Or yeah, like you're doing something that, um, like you're being forced to do something that you don't really want to do. And that's the difference between, well, Lutheran Christianity and all other really forms of Christianity is that, you know, when Christ regenerates us, we are given a new heart and new powers and a new mind and his law is written on our hearts and we actually want to do the things that our father uh, has commanded us to do in his law. So there's actually a love there for God and a love for the neighbor and we want to serve. Right. Um, So that's why I would, I guess I would avoid the controlling influence language. Um, If you want to read more about good works uh, and sort of this discussion, which I think has a lot to do with it. Um, we actually covered this last time uh, with uh, the bodacious blasphemy majorism, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether good works are necessary for salvation. So go back and listen to that on our podcast. Or you can read the Book of Concord, uh, the formula, mm-hmm. uh, especially the solid declaration on good works and the relationship of our regeneration to good works, Okay. Um, and, and just a follower of Christ, I would take that someone who, uh, the life of faith. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. It's it's interesting because usually when people use that sort of language, I mean, it's not used too terribly often in the Bible. Right. You hear the word disciples a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear the word Christian in Acts, for example, but a, but a Christ follower, and I'm just afraid that they're not thinking like you are about that it is the life of faith, but that it's um, the fruit of that faith, good works, which is kind of like putting the cart before the horse. Right. Um, I prefer the term the faithful Mm -hmm. or uh, believers or um, saints. Right. Or, you know, I don't know. I just think when we talk about Christians, we should talk the way that the Bible talks. Mm-hmm. and be as uh, close to that as we could possibly be. You know, kind of like, uh, doesn't Paul refer to the, the, the Christians in his letters as the redeemed? 
the redeemed, right? Um, where where the really where is the emphasis? Is it on the works which Christians produce, or on that word of power, uh, which um, makes them into Christians mm-hmm. and gives them the forgiveness of sins? Um, good works will will flow from that. So, and then uh, he asks about what does Romans six have to say about this, and uh, Romans six. Uh, we should uh, get that ready. I'm going to get that on my phone here. Yeah. Shall shall we sin so that grace may abound? May yeah. Geneto certainly not, right? And then you've got the, the passage then. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And we know that of ourselves, that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now, what this does is... Uh, really talks about baptism on two levels of being buried and raised with Christ. And one is, is we remember that just as Jesus was <coughs> buried and rose, so we too will rise again to everlasting life. But this then speaks more specifically of, of uh, what baptism does in our everyday life, how, right. how uh, our sins and our sinful desires are buried with Christ, and then we are raised a new person each day. And, and I think that what that does is it once again points the Christian life to the work of Christ. But you notice how it talks about freedom, how it changes our desires as well, how in that um, uh, we are given the freedom to love and the freedom to, to be a new creation that day, that the sins of yesterday are gone and that we are arisen uh, to, to show love and care for one another and follow his commandments. And that's why Romans 6 and Romans 7 must always be read together because Romans 6 teaches us uh, our great assurance that we have that, no, we are dead to sin, right? We ha- the old man has been crucified. Well, if this is all true, we say, then why do I keep sinning? Well, and we see it in Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will, what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to me to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. So here here St. Paul is talking about the flesh that still dwell still dwells in us after our baptism. Right? He himself struggled with sin after baptism. And that's why baptism isn't just a one-shot deal, but it is a continuing reality in the life of the Christian. That every day we return to our baptisms, we confess our sins, we repent of our sins, and the old man dies. And, and, and that is also what, what keeps us uh, our conscience as well. You know, in a sense like uh, in this, is when you're forgiven, when you're renewed each day, okay, it keeps the sin from from making a home within you, so to speak. Right. You know. It. It. it you know. The when sins are con- confessed, are are buried with Christ, then you have a new slate that day, um, and uh, and and it allow it keeps sin from carrying you off into faithlessness. Right. And it this keeps the assurance of salvation that you are buried with Christ right this is actually you have been vicariously buried with him right your death to sin is real and your resurrection is a real thing but there's also a danger because uh you can fall away right you're still in this body of death and the beautiful thing is Christ still rescues you from that and he still pours out his forgiveness and he still strengthens the the new man while killing the old man and this happens every day uh, every single day until uh, we plant you in the ground, mm-hmm. and then you're free. Are you listening, Novations? So, <laughs> right. I mean, this is this is true. So, um, thank you for the question. Jeff. Yes, and uh, we need more questions. We like that. That's why we one reason why I wanted to do the show. Um, that brings us to then uh, our sticky, sticky notes. notes. 
There are a lot of them. Oh, huh. uh, remember this? Vicar brought our beverage today. He's got uh, a package of a coffee entitled Burly Man Coffee. How did you brew this this coffee? In a coffee pot. I thought maybe with Burly Man Coffee, you do it in a, a campfire. Like I ground the beans with a hammer. I just went out and smashed them over and over <laughs> and over and then screamed at them. But we also have sugar, half and half. And in case the coffee's a little too burly for you, S'mores Limited Edition International Delight Creamer. Holy Oh buckets. yeah, wow. You know what, Vicar, it tastes like coffee. <laughs> All right. Well, well done. <laughs> what about this? Number nine. The triggered, driven life. <laughs> I mean, if you are super woke, things trigger you all the time. You know, I have these uh, caffeine pills at home that make me laugh every time I see it because it's the Walmart brand of caffeine pills. And it and the, the name of the, 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 the capsules, it says, stay awake is the name of it. <laughs> so every time I take it, I'm like, yeah, I'm staying awake. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be I feel woke. I feel more I feel more socially <laughs> conscious when I take it. How about this? Hey hey uh, hey Vicar, what does the porpoise sound like? <laughs> I have no idea. Please. Yeah, do comparison. Do comparison. <laughs> I want to hear comparison. Here's a porpoise. Now here's a here's a dolphin. Alright. <laughs> Pick out an animal. This is fun. A platypus. Hi kids. I'm Perry the Platypus. You have kids, right? <laughs> yeah, you have kids. I, mean, I do. They don't watch Perry the Platypus, whatever that is. Right? <laughs> koala bear. Vicar, what does a koala bear sound like? <laughs> Okay. All right. So I like where so, this led. Honestly, that one was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> th- th- <laughs> thank you for bearing with us, dear listeners. Remember, um, we're glad that you guys are morning people, so that we that way we don't have to be. That's right. We're dedicating this to you. And so. Thank you for listening to Clerical Errors. I'm Berg. I'm Bullhagen. And may your tomorrow be brighter. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clericalerrorspodcast. On Twitter, at clericalerrorsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.